Cyrano de Bergerac in Space is a five-part all-audio radio play. While there is some language used, it is intended for all audiences. This episode of Cyrano de Bergerac in Space is sponsored by The Icon Group, Studio Dubois Incorporated, Jonathan Safford, Jonathan Safford, Voice of Christian, available for voice acting work, commercials, audiobooks, narration, and more. Contact him at readyman45 at gmail.com. And Joseph Vigent. If you or your business would like to learn more about becoming a Cyrano sponsor, please go to our website at swampmeadow.org. Thank you. Fighters, the Pennion are gaining on the Duroc. Practice evasive maneuvers, cadets. Lesser, does your team have any more intel about the enemy? These Pennion are divergent, unlike the beings we battled before. Cyrano, Pennion, scuffle now. Oh, by the mighty, why about dodging enemy ships, Christian? Ah, yes, sir. The scientists and myself are as baffled as you are. We were particularly interested in the electric sludge that seems to be connecting the Panion ships and... Yes, and, and, quickly, man! Well, Dr. Mokter in the Division of Naturalism seems to think that the purple substance is controlling all the ships. It seems that there are no individual movements. The ship and the ooze move as a collective. Honestly, we've seen the same behavior in certain species of bees. Bees? Professor... Yes. While the worker bees generally serve a queen, they individually think. In some cases, Mokter states, the queen will inhabit the minds of the workers and control them herself. So the Pennion are bees, Professor? No, no, Admiral. We theorize that whatever is controlling the Pennion is a single being, a queen, a hive-minded battalion. Drat! Emergency! They've reached the starship. Commander de Guiche, defend the Duroc at all costs. We cannot let it fall in any on hands. Everyone, Admiral, what of the Duroc? Darkness, status report. The ship's electronic generator is failing. The charge fried our system. We're crashing. Prepare for planetary impact. Serano de Bergerac in space. Hey, 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 hey. Daylight was fast approaching Simeru. Its large red moon, Rijik, was quickly disappearing, and the incoming morning was rapidly making the surface unbearably humid. The bright morning light had begun to glisten off the crashed hull of the starship Dirac, which was surrounded by several large Panion ships. The enemy ships oozed electrically charged purple sludge that had begun to cover the Dirac's exterior. In front of the Panion base was a vast steppe that spanned mound to mound with small lakes appearing infrequently, greenery even more so. It was behind one particularly large hill that the regiment of Captain Carbon Zost had made camp after losing power from the Panion's blast and crashing to the planet below. Besides Captain Carbon, Cyrano, Lebray, Bassaborn, Quigley, Valvere, and Christian, as well as fifty other passengers were the inhabitants of this encampment. The powerless downed ships had been fashioned into a hospital and sleeping area for the cadets, most of whom were currently fast asleep. 
With Admiral King unaccounted for, Commander de Guiche had taken charge, hoping to somehow flank the Panion and take back the Duroc. Several other regiments were stationed around a long wasteland that eventually led to the starship, and de Guiche would spend his hours relaying plans to each, as all communicators had been destroyed in the surge. No distress calls could be placed because of this. The passengers were stranded. One month had passed since the Dirac was overtaken by the Panion, and food was growing scarce each day in the camps. The Gascon cadets slept with their empty stomachs as their Captain Carbone and the lookout Lebray eyed the Panion encampment across the steppe. If only we could get to the Dirac! So much food was stored in the refreshment bay. It's terrible. Not a morsel left. Damn, Panion! Curse under your breath. You'll awake them. Hush. Sleep on, cadets. He who sleeps dines. But that is sorry comfort for the sleepless. What starvation. Oh, plague their firing. Awake wake my sons. Sleep on quickly. Yes, can Food. Tis, tis nothing. Wait. Captain. I, I see movement. Halt! Who goes there? It's Cyrano, idiot! Good heaven, Cyrano! Hush, Lebray! Are you wounded? Oh, you know it has become their custom to shoot at me every morning and to miss me. This passes all. Well, not to be certain, most escape pods left the Duroc. Roxanne is safe. Uh, one can hope. It is possible there are others on the starship. I promised Christian should ride often, so this beam be the only means I can keep my promise, even though it may fall on deaf ears. Christian sleeps? Aye, he's resting this way. How pale he is, but how handsome still despite his sufferings. This poor little lady love knew that he's dying of hunger. Get you quick to bed, Cyrano. Nay, never scold Lebray. I ran but little risk. I have found me a spot to pass the panion lines where each night they neglect watch. You should try to bring us back provision. The man must carry no weight who would get by there. To think you risk a life so precious for the sake of a letter, thankless one. Where are you going? I'm going to write another. Cyrano briskly limps towards his and Christian's down ship, which he has situated away from the other cadets, and begins to prepare another letter. His lingering nose sniffs the thick morning air, and he lets out a satisfied sigh as sunlight illuminates the camp. All oh, tis sunrise. Nourishing sleep. Now, oh, I know well that will be their first cry. Sunrise. Oh, I'm so hungry. I am dying of hunger. We are dying. Oh. Oh. Up with you. Cannot move a limb. Nor can I. My tongue is yellow. The air on this planet is hard to digest. Cyrano. We are dying. dying. Help us. Cyrano, come to my aid. You who have the art of quick resort and happy gist, come hearten them up. What is wrong? Why drag your legs so sorrowfully, Brasserborn? I have something in my heels which weighs them down. Oh, and what may that be? My stomach! <laughs> so have I, Faith. It must be in your way. Hey, I am all the taller. My stomach's hollow. Faith, Quigley, twill make a fine drum to sound the assault. I have a ringing in my ears. No, no, tis false, Valver. A hungry stomach has no ears. Oh, to eat something, something oily. <laughs> then take off your helmet, behold your salad. What in God's name can we devour? Here, read the Iliad. Cyrano, I'm as ravenous eat as a- Eat your patience, then. Always with your pointed word! Aye, pointed words. I would fain die thus some soft summer eve, making a pointed word for a good cause, to make a soldier's end by my sword of ancestors, your galaxium blade wielded by some brave adversary, die on blood-stained turf, not on a fever bed, a point upon my lips, a point within my heart. I'm hungry. All your thoughts of meat and drink. You, madam, I see you have a flute. Tis my flute. Of many years, sir. Play us a tune on your flute. Play to these greedy, guzzling passengers. 
Play old country airs with plaintive rhythm recurring, where lurk sweet echoes of the dear home voices, each note of which calls like a little sister, those airs slow, slow ascending, as the smoke wreaths rise from the hearthstones of our native hamlets. Their music strikes the ear like Gascon patois. Your flute was now a warrior in Durance, but on its stem your fingers are a-dancing a bird-like minuet. Oh, flute. Remember that flutes were made of reeds first, not laburnum. Make us a music pastoral days recalling, the sole time of your youth in country pastures. the music, my Gascon cadets. Tis no longer the piercing fife of camp, but neath her fingers the flute of the woods. No more the call to combat. Tis now the love song of the wandering goat herds. Hark! Tis the valley. The wetlands, the forest, the sunburned boy with scarlet beret. The dusk of evening on the Dordogne River. Is Gascony, my Gascony. Hark, my Gascon cadets, to the music. <laughs> but you make them weep. I. They all have their own Gasconies, much like my home. Homesickness, a nobler pain than hunger. Tis of the soul, not of the body. I am well pleased to see their pain change in viscera. Heartache is better than stomachache. But you weaken their courage by playing thus on their heartstrings. Not I. The hero that sleeps in Gascon blood is ever ready to awaken in them. It would suffice. Carbon, beat this drum and see how their moods change. The drum! The enemy! What? You see, one roll of the drum is enough. Goodbye dreams, regrets, native land, love. All that the pipe called forth, the drum has chased away. Oh! Tis Commander de Guiche! Ugh! Ugh. The A flattering welcome. We are sick to death of him. With his blue ribbon over his armor, playing the fine gentleman. It were good for a bandage had he boils on his neck. He's in Gascon territory, and he better watch himself. Hush, all of you. Why, he is my commander, and doing what he can do to reach the Duroc. Besides, we're all at war. As far as I'm concerned, the commander is as much a Gascon as you or I. I? False Gascon. Trust him not. Gascon should ever be crack-brained, not more dangerous than a rational Gaskin. Ho! Oh, the commander approaches. How pale De Guiche is. Oh, he is hungry, just like his poor devils. But under his shiny breastplate, with his jeweled galaxium blade, his stomach ache glitters brave in the sun. Let us not seem to suffer either. Out with your cards, cigarettes, and dice. And I shall read. Good day. Why, Captain, this man is green. He has nothing left but eyes. Oh. Here are the rebels. Aye, sirs, on all sides I hear that in your ranks you scoff at me. That the cadets, these loutish, Neanderthal-bred, poor, flippant squires and barons of frivolity, scarce find for me their commander, a disdain sufficient. Call me plotter, wily man. It does not please their mightiness to see a commander's cape draping my back. And they enrage because a man, in sooth, may be no ragged robin, yet a soldier. 
Gaskin cadets. Ha! Nay, you play pretend. Call yourselves from Gascony, yet you're all misfits from distant lands. You see in truth that Cadet de Bergerac be the only true Gascon here. Phonies, the lot of you. Shall I command your captain punish you? No. I am free, uh, moreover, will, will not punish. Ah. I have paid my company, tis mine. I bow but to your leadership. So, in faith, that will suffice. I can despise your taunts. Tis well known how I present myself in this war. The third outpost yesterday, they saw the rage of Panion, with which I beat back with my own anger. Assembling my own men, I fell on the enemy and charged three separate times. And your blue ribbon? <laughs> you know that detail. <laughs> Troth, it happened thus. While caracoling to recall the troops for the third charge, a band of Panion bore me with them. Close by the hostile ranks, I was in peril, capture, sudden death, when I thought of the good expedient to loosen and let fall the blue ribbon which told my military rank. Thus I contrived surrender, acting simultaneously, the band said that a commander was better left alive. Then their attention turned their purple ooze, and I left the foes, and suddenly returning reinforced with my own men to scatter and behead them. And now, what say you, sir? I say that any man who pretends to surrender is still but a coward. The ruse succeeded, though, de Bergerac. Oh, maybe. But one does not lightly abdicate the honor to serve as target to the enemy. Had I been present when your scar fell low, our courage, sir, is of a different sort. I would have picked it up and put it on. Oh, I Another Gaskin boast. A boast? Lend it to me. I pledge myself tonight, with it across my breast, to lead the assault. <laughs> Another Gaskin vaunt. You know the scarf lies with the enemy upon the brink of the electric ooze. The place is riddled now with Panion. No one can fetch it hither. Here it is. What? Your ribbon. I have retrieved it from the battlefield. Here it is. <clears throat> I thank you. It will now enable me to make a signal that I had forborne to make till now. Here, Cadet Lebray, wave this ribbon up high and tell me what you see. Yes, Commander. <clears throat> oh, I see a man down there who runs towards the Duroc. Ah, tis a false Panion spy who is extremely useful to my ends. The news he carries to the enemy are those I prompt him with, so, in a word, we have an influence on their decisions. Scoundrel. Tis opportune. What were we saying? Ah, I have news for you. My uncle, Lieutenant Richard, stationed on the first unit, is to lead an assault on the Panion one hour from now. But, to return to camp more easily, he will take with him a goodly force of troops from other camps. Those who attacked this camp now would have fine sport. You have the smallest regiment by far, and there be no reinforcements. Aye, if, if the Panion knew, uh, twere ill for us, but they know nothing of it. Oh, they know. They will attack here. What? Killer! For my false spy came to warn me of their attack, he said, I can decide the point for their assault. Where would you have it? I will tell them. Tis the least offended. They'll attempt you there. I answered, Good. Go out of camp, but watch my signal. Choose the point from whence it comes. You, you bastard! So we would expect it to be bait? Careful, Captain. I am still your commanding officer. Your company is the smallest and weakest by far. This could be our one chance at survival. I'm sorry. The attack will be in an hour. Good. <laughs> Time must be gained, Captain Carbon. Lieutenant Richard's assault will work if you draw their fire. Uh, I'll gain it. You will all be good enough to let yourselves be killed. Vengeance! <laughs> I do not say that. If I loved you well, I had chosen you and yours, but as things stand, your courage yielding to no core the palm, I serve my Admiral King and serve my grudge as well. Permit that I express my gratitude. I know you love to fight against five score. You will not now complain of paltry odds. Cadets! We shall add to the Gascon coat of arms, with its six bars of blue and gold, one more. 
the blood red bar that was missing there. <laughs> the cadets scramble around the camp hastily retrieving their gear and weapons for the oncoming slaughter. Cyrano noses his way through the crowd to where Christian lies asleep. The Digilian's normal cobalt complexion has turned a sickly slate and he is tossing restlessly. Christian! Uh, Roxanne? Alas, it's me. I am done, my friend. Starvation is simple compared to heartache. At least, I'd said my heart's farewell to her in a fair letter. I had suspicion it'd be today, and had already written- Show. Will you- Aye, let me read it. Hold. What? This little spot. A spot? On the paper. It is a tear. Poets, at least by dint of counterfeiting, take counterfeit for true. That's the charm. This farewell letter, it it was passing sad. I wept myself in writing it. Wept? Why? Oh, death itself is hardly terrible. But never to see her more, that is death's sting. For I shall never... We shall... I mean you... Give me that letter. Who goes there? Hello? What is it? Projectiles coming in fast. It's it's a it's an escape pod from the Duroc. Take cover! Lebrade dives from atop his watch post as a large metal cylinder arches over the large hill and aims directly for the middle of the camp. Sedano turns, nose to nose cone, and does his best to shield his from the impact. The escape pod lands and slides to a halt. Directly on top of Elver's legs. In the camp? Attack! Careful. Could be a panion trap. Approach with caution. I'll uncover it. In my death, I'll prepare to attack. Captain Carbon gulps and slowly approaches the pod with his sword extended. He opens the door and immediately jumps out of the way. Billowing smoke comes from the inside of the pod and disperses to reveal... A delightful face. Good day. <gasps> Roxanne? I. Yes, I. Who other? Great God! Why have you come? This siege. You all took too long to get to the Duroc. But how? I will tell you all. Oh my God. Dare I look at her? You cannot remain here. But I say yes. Who will push a seat hither for me? Ah, I thank you. My pod was fired at by the Panion. You look not merry, any of you. Ah, know you that tis a long streak of air to get here? Oh, and Cyrano, delighted. But how, in heaven's name? How found I a way past the Panion? Once the Duroc fell, any passengers were quick to be captured. It was simple enough for me to constantly hide, for I had but to pass on and on as far as I saw the Duroc laid waste. Ah, what horrors were there! Had I not seen, then I could never have believed it. Well, there were but several hundred of us being held including the Admiral herself. The Admiral? Is she okay? They carried her away to special holding. I didn't see much of her at all. But the sheer madness! Where in the fiend's name did you get through? (laughs) Where? Under the Panion's noses. For subtle craft, give us Roxanne. But how did you pass through their defenses? Faith, that must have been a hard matter. None too hard. With the help of my friend here. Come on out, Professor. Oh, my. Our landing was a bit perplexing. I, I may need a moment to... <laughs> oh, oh, my. Roxanne, you brought Professor Lesser. I found him hiding in Ragano's old pastry shop. I could never let the Panion grab hold of my work. My knowledge is too vital. Vital, yes. T'was vital in our escape when you distracted the Panion guards with your makeshift contraptions commandeered our escape pod in the confusion. Ready to fly it was. Aiming was our last worry. Were it not for your waved flag, we'd be doomed. But, Roxanne... What ails you? You must leave this place. I? And that instantly! No time to leave. Indeed, you must. But wherefore must I? Tis that... In three quarters of an hour. Or for... It were best. You might get killed. You are going to fight? 
I stay here. No, 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 no. Christian is my husband. They shall kill both of us together. Why do you look at me thus, Roxanne? I will tell you why. This is a post of mortal danger. Mortal danger? Proof enough that Commander de Guiche has put us here. Huh. So, Ollander, you would have made a widow out of me? Nay, on my oath. I will not go. I am reckless now, and I shall not stir from here. Besides, tis amusing. Then we will defend you well. (laughs) I have no fear of that, my friends. The whole camp smells sweet of your heavenly perfume. And, by good luck, I have found a hat that will suit well with the battlefield. But were it not wisest that the commander retire, they may begin the attack. Run along, Commander de Guiche. That is not to be brooked. I must go to scout the 3rd Regiment and shall return. You still have time. Think better of it. I can bring you to a unit that will be away from the fray. Never. I go then. Uh, Commander, if I may have a word, I have important intel on the enemy, sir. (sighs) Come for a second, but see to it that you try any means to get power back to any of our communicators. Understood? De Guiche walks away in a huff, followed closely by Professor Lazare, who is frantically waving his arms in a flurry of explanation. De Guiche stops for a moment and directs Lazare to a pile of discarded communicators and leaves him. The professor sweats nervously and starts fiddling with the devices. The low morale of the cadets has dispersed at the arrival of Roxanne. However, Christian holds the gravest of expressions. Roxanne, go! No! She stays. Let's get this camp cleaned up, cadets. Prepare for company and battle. Tidy up over here. Can someone please remove the blood from my leg? If you shut up, I will. Make haste, everyone. Clean those blasters. Polish those boots. If we die, we die as kings. No, Captain Carbon. Naught shall make me stir from this spot. It is perchance more seemly since things are thus. That I present you, the the Gascon cadets, Miss Roxanne. Some of them who may sacrifice their lives before our very eyes today. Free upon the hand that holds your kerchief. Why? My company hath no flag. But now, by faith, I will have the fairest in all the camp. <laughs> tis somewhat small. But tis of lace. I could die happy, having seen someone so full of joy. If only had something in my stomach, were it but a berry. Shame on you. What talk of... But your camp air is keen. I myself am famished. Pastry, cured Wogovo meat, old wines. There is my bill of fare. Pray, bring it all here. All that? But where on earth find it? In my escape pod. How? How? Now serve up, carve. Look a little closer at my pod towards the back, gentlemen, and you will recognize an android most welcome, put on in a disguise. All the sauces can be sent to the table hot, if we will. The cadets look into the silver pod to see a large cube sitting towards the back of the ship. Roxanne motions to Lasseau, who perks up and scurries over to the cube. Like a mechanical marvel, he repairs the internal mechanism of the cube, and with a whirl of a spurt, it transforms into the pastry android Rag and O. As she reboots, her torso opens up to reveal a large cured piece of meat, as well as cheese, pastry, and an assortment of food that falls to the ground once she extends her arms. Furthermore, once Ragano moves, the cadets gaze in wonder at an entire wall of food that the pastry android was hiding from view. Tis Ragano! Ragano? Oh. Food! Oh. Poor fellows. A kind fairy. Gentlemen! Bravo, bravo! The Panion gazing at a lady so dainty fair overlooked the fair. So dainty. Yes! <laughs> food! Hawk! Christian! And occupied with gallantry, perceive not the gallantine! I've never seen such <laughs> glorious food! One word, Christian! I am directly plucked from the lost city Eldorado herself! Blocks! 
of gold. Cheese. I must speak to you, Christian. Put all the food on the ground. I have a blanket. Come, come, make yourself of use, Christian. May I be permitted to partake, Ragano? I am quite hungry, and I, I did help us to escape. My, my. The groveling ant returns. Oh, please, mercy. I am so sorry. I grant you permission. But know this not from love or respect, but from pity. I pity that you do not have the joys that I do, the love of prose, of poetry. Now take what you must and repair my communicator's signal ant. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Ah. Since we are to die, let the rest of the army eat for itself. Only enough for the Gaskins. And Mark, everyone, if De Guiche comes, <laughs> let no one invite him. <laughs> there, there, you have time enough. Do not eat too fast. Here, drink a little. Why are you crying? It is all so good. <laughs> red or white wine? Some bread for Captain Carmen. A knife, pass, pass your plate. A little of the crust? Some more? Let me help you. Some champagne? champagne would be lovely. A wing? <laughs> wing and what will you have, Christian? Nothing. Nay, nay, take this biscuit steeped in gravy. Come, but two bites. Don't tell me why you came. Wait, my first duty is to these poor fellows. In a few minutes. The Geish approaches. Quick, hide flasks, plates, pie dishes, gate baskets. Hide, hide. Hurry. Hide everything. Let us all look unconscious. Hide, hide. Up on your seat. Is everything gone? Is everything coming yes, up? that's good there. Not a word, especially you, Velvare. The Geish can eat dirt for all I care. Shh, shh. Commander De Geish enters. It smells good here. What is the matter? You are very red. Oh, no matter nothing. Tis my blood boiling at the thought of the coming battle. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. Tis a song, a little song. Brasserborn was singing it. It a second. Brasserborn was singing it a second ago. Aye, but you were off key quickly, old friend. <laughs> you are merry, my friend. Mary was my mother's name. <laughs> the approach of danger is intoxicating. Captain, I... Plague take me, but you look bravely too. More brave as any other time. I have taken an extra ion cannon from the third unit's down ships, and have had it carried here. Thank you for carrying the cannon, Lieutenant Parkins. You may return to your post. Your men can use it in case of need, Captain. Lesser. Perhaps you can make the necessary repairs. Oh, charming attention! Kind solicitude. How? They are all gone crazy. As you're not used to the cannon, beware of the recoil. Ooh. What? Gaskin's cannons never recoil. You are tipsy, but what with? With the smell of dirt. Oh, briefly, Roxanne, what decision do you deign to take? I stay here. I must stress that you must get away from the heavy battle. No. I will stay. <sighs> Since things are thus, give me a heavier blaster, one of you. Why for? Because I, too, mean to stay. Uh, why, sir, you, you uh, do not wish to flee? I will fight with you. At last. This is true valor, sir. Then you are Gaskin after all. Spite of your pompous ribbon. What is all this? Roxanne, I will not leave you in peril. Hark! Gaskins! Think you not? We might give him something to eat. Show him the food. Indeed. The geese. Food. Where in the stars did you find this spread? Food. Yes, you'll see them coming from under every coat, Commander. Do you think I will eat your scraps? You make progress. I will fight without b b breaking my r fast. R r r he's stubborn as hell. I. Tis a Gaskin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Success, Commander. I was able to piece together the scrap to fix Ragano's communicator. We should be able to get a small signal out to our allies. Mm. Good. We very well may be saved. Put a distress call out as far as you can go. Travel in the direction of Lieutenant Barkin's unit. Mm. She's on the high ground. You're bound to get something there. Aye, sir. Come, sir. I'll lead the way. Hail, 
Ravino, Beacon to Allies. Salvation is here. Hail, O Ravino, bringer of food. Salvation is here. Commander de Guiche, we have used the ship's debris to make a sort of barricade up the hill. Uh, it should suffice. Roxanne, will you accept my hand and accompany me while I review this blockade? Indeed. De Guiche extends his hand towards Roxanne. His cold demeanor changes slightly as Roxanne takes his and they witness the barricade. Finally, having a moment to themselves, Christian runs to Cyrano in council. Cyrano, tell me quickly, what is the secret? If Roxanne should... Should? Speak of the letters... Yes, I know. Do not spoil all by seeming surprised. At what? I must explain to you. Oh, tis no great matter. I but thought of it today on seeing her. Tell quickly! You have written to her more often than you think. How so? Thus, Faith, I had taken it in hand to express your flame for you. At times I wrote without saying, I am writing. Uh, it is simple enough. But how did you contrive, since we have been cut off thus, to- Oh, before dawn. I was able to get through. Posted letters in her apartment, hoping she'd find them. That was simple, too. And how often, pray you, have I written? Twice in the week? Three times? Four? More often, still. What? Every day? Yes, every day. Twice. And that became so mad a joy for you that you braved death- Hush! She returns! Not before her. I'll leave you two alone. Ah, Christian. At last I may embrace you again. Now tell me why. Why by these fearful paths so perilous, across these ranks of panion soldiery, you have come? Love, your letters brought me here. What say you? <laughs> Tis your fault if I ran risks. Your letters turned my head. I would escape my hiding place each morning and find a new letter hidden in my quarters. All this month, how many? And the last one ever better the one that came before. What? For a few inconsequent love letters? Hold your peace. You cannot conceive it. Ever since that night when, in a voice all new to me, in your orbed essence, you revealed your soul. Ever since I have adored you. Now your letters all this month long. I thought as if I heard that voice so tender, true, Sheltering. Close. Thy fault, I say. It drew me. The voice of the night. Oh. Wise Penelope would never have stayed to broider on her hearthstone if her Ulysses could have written such letters. But she would have cast aside her silken bobbins and fled to join him, mad for love as Helen. Penelope, but- I read. Read again. Grew faint for love. I was thine utterly. Each separate page- was like a fluttering flower petal, loosed from your soul, and wafted thus to mine. Imprinted in each burning word was love, sincere, all-powerful. Oh, love sincere? Can that be felt, Roxanne? Aye, that it can. You come- Oh, Christian, my truest, I come. Were I to throw myself here at your knees, you would raise me. But tis my soul I lay at your feet. You can raise it nevermore. I- I come to crave your pardon. I tis time to sue for pardon now that death may come. For the insult done to you, when, frivolous, at first, I loved you only for your face. And later, love, less frivolous, like a bird that spreads its wings but cannot yet fly. Arrested by your beauty, by your soul, drawn close, I loved for both at once. And now? Ah, you yourself have triumphed over yourself, and now I love you only for your soul. Be happy. To be loved for beauty, a poor disguise that time so soon wears threadbare, must be to noble souls, to souls aspiring, a torture. Your dear thoughts have now effaced that beauty which so won me at the outset. Now I see clearer. And I no longer see it. Oh. You are doubtful of such a victory. Roxanne. I see you cannot yet believe it. Such love. Such love as that? I would be loved more simply for. For that which they have all in turns loved in thee? 
Shame. Oh, be loved henceforth in a better way. No, the first love was best. Ah, how you err. Tis now that I love best, and love well. Tis that which is thy true self, see, that I adore. Were your brilliance dimmed? Hush. I should love still. I, if your beauty should today depart. Say not so. I, I say it. Ugly? How? Ugly. I swear, I'd love you still. My God. Are you content at last? I... What is wrong? Nothing. I have two words to say. One second. Those poor fellows, shortly doomed to death, my love deprives them of the sight of you. Go, speak to them. Smile on them. They may die. Dear Christian. Roxanne, with a swirl, joins the group of cadets. They cheer as she enters. Their spirits are raised once again. Once she has left, Christian falters towards Cyrano's resting place and thuds to the ground, completely distraught. Cyrano! What? Why so pale? She does not love me. What? Tis you she loves. No! For she loves me only for my soul. Truly? Yes. Thus, you see, that soul is you. Therefore, tis you she loves. And you love her. I? Oh, I know it. I, tis true. You love to madness. I had worse. Then tell her so. No. And why not? Look at my face. Forget you, my long nose. Be answered. She'd love me were I ugly. So said she. I, in those words. I'm glad she told you that. But believe it not. I am well pleased she thought to tell you. Take it not for truth. Never grow ugly. She'd reproach me then. That I intend discovering. No, I beg. Aye, she shall shoot choose between us. Tell her all. No, no, I will not have it. Spare me this. Because my face is haply fair, shall I destroy your happiness? T'were too unjust. And I... Because by nature's freak I have the gift to say, all that perchance you feel. Shall I be fatal to your happiness? Tell all. It is ill done to tempt me thus. Who long I've borne about within myself, a rival to myself. I'll make an end. Christian! Our union was without witness, secret, can be easily dissolved if we survive. My God, he still persists. I will be loved myself or not at all. I'll go see what they do. There, at the end of the post, Speak to her, and then let her choose one of us two. It will be you! Pray God. Roxanne! No! No! What? Cyrano has things important for your ear. Oh, important. How? Christian wipes away his tears and exits Cyrano's down ship, leaving Roxanne and Cyrano alone. Not wanting to hear the outcome of the conversation, he departs, joining the other cadets. Labray, who is still keeping watch towards the Panion outpost, suddenly spots two figures approaching the camp. Oh, who goes there? Wait. Admiral King! Commander de Guiche, Admiral King approaches the camp! What? Can't be! Oh, why, it's a miracle! Out of the way! She's with another! Tis my spy! Get the Admiral into camp! Clear the way! I rescued the Admiral! I did it! Clear the way! Clear the way! Gently, lay her down on a bed. Thank you, cadet. Admiral, this is Commander de Guiche. Can you hear me? She's been dead silent the entire time, Commander. The Panion Queen put me in charge of guarding her, and I found my chance to escape. A queen? So, Lesser was right about that. Ah, she's opening her eyes. Back away, cadets. Admiral? Christian's gone, and we're alone. Tis not. Oh, you know how he sees importance in a trifle. Did he doubt of what I said? Ah, yes. I saw he doubted. But are you sure you told him all the truth? Yes. I would love him were he... Does that word embarrass you before my face, Roxanne? I... Twill not hurt me. Say it. If he were... ugly. Yes, ugly. Hideous. Hideous, yes. Disfigured. I. Grotesque. He could not be grotesque to me. 
You'd love the same. The same. Nay, even more. My god, it's true. Perchance, love waits me there. I... Roxanne, listen. What did you say, Admiral? Die, Commander! Commander de Guiche, look out! Christian lunges forward with his sword, knocking de Guiche out of the way of the Admiral King's concealed laser blaster. He stabs into the Admiral's chest, but is unable to avoid a shot from her gun that goes directly through his heart. With a ghastly thud, the handsome Degillian falls to the ground. The cadets hastily surround and disarm the Admiral as de Guiche stares in disbelief. It's futile. Your blood will be spilt soon enough, de Guiche. The hive will be upon this encampment within minutes, and you'll die! <laughs> Admiral King. Oh, the Hive Queen invaded her being. Prepare the troops, Captain Carbon. Admiral King is dead. We must avenge her and destroy the Panion Queen. This man, he saved my life. Get him some aid. What was that noise? There was a gunshot? <sighs> Hush. Cyrano. <clears throat> Christian has been shot. Oh, God. What is it? All is over now. It's too late. Now I can never tell her. What has chanced? Nothing. What were you just about to say before? What was I saying? Nothing now, I swear. I swear that Christian's soul, his nature, were... Nay, that they are the noblest, greatest. Were? Oh, no, 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 no. What do you... He has been shot. Oh, Christian! Roxanne turns her head to see the cadet standing over the limp body of Christian several feet away. She rushes over to his body and crumples on over him, sobbing deeply. She pounds her fist into the ground and then grabs his face and holds it tenderly. <laughs> Struck by the first shot of the enemy. They are fast approaching. May he rest peacefully. Oh, come, cadets! Get your blasters and Galaxium swords if they're ready! How oh, make haste! For uh, For the Admiral! Christian? Conquer the foes! Let them remember this day! <laughs> Christian? Draw Galaxia Blade! Christian! Present Iron Pants! Christian! Open fire! Roxanne! I told her all, Christian. She loves you still. Roxanne! My sweet love, he is not dead. His cheek grows cold against my own. A letter, a letter in his pocket. Tis for me. My letter. The Roxanne, ha, they fight. Stay yet a while, for he is dead. You knew him, you alone. <laughs> Was his not a beauteous soul? A soul wondrous? Aye, Roxanne. An inspired poet? Aye, Roxanne. And a mind sublime? Oh, yes. A heart, a heart too deep for common minds to plumb. A spirit subtle, charming. Aye, Roxanne. Dead. Dead. My love. I. Let me die today, still. All unconscious. She boards me. In him. For the Admiral! My head is such a best aim! He does the signal! Lieutenant Richards has invaded the Canyon Rites! Captain, give them hell! Join our queen! 
Never! Long live Admiral King! Ah! Geesh, you are injured. I'll take charge. Take Roxanne away. See, there is blood upon the letter. And tears. His tears. His blood. Stand fast. A Gaskin never surrenders. No! Quickly! We'll die in Gascony today, old friend. I'll meet you there, friend. Now that you have proved your valor, Degish, fly and save Roxanne. So be it. Gain but time. The victory is ours. Good. Farewell, Roxanne. Yeah! We are breaking. Get in the break. Ah! They shot me! Ah, the brave! Lead on! Full fire! Ah! I'm wounded! Twice! Gaskins! Oh, Gaskins! Never turn your backs! Have no fear, Carbon. I have two deaths to avenge. My friend who's slain, and my dead happiness. There! Our flag. Roxanne's handkerchief. Float there. Laced kerchief embroidered with her name. Follow them, Gaskins! Crush them! Ah! Madame, play your flute. They're climbing the barricade. Forward! Let us salute them. The Nash is high, cadets. Today, with feather in my hat and my sword of ancestors in hand, I say, charge! Ah! The bold cadets of Gascony of Captain Carbon's Zust, brawling, swaggering boastfully. The bold cadets of Gascony. Sereno de Bergerac in Space was graciously sponsored by the Icon Group, Studio Dubois Incorporated, Jonathan Safford, and Joseph Vigent. If you'd like to support the show and Swamp Meadow Community Theater, you can become a Cyrano sponsor, just like the wonderful people I just mentioned, by going to swampmeadow.org and clicking on the big Become a Sponsor button. There, we have many tiers to choose from, and not only will you be supporting us, you'll be able to get your name or business in the opening or end credits. This episode of Cyrano de Bergerac in Space featured Andy Affleck as Degish, Audrey Dubois as Roxanne, Drake Lowe as LeBray, and Valvere, Jim Kenny as narrator, and Captain Garbin. You can find Jim as an actor, director, and producer at the Norwich Arts Center in Connecticut. They're looking to book theatrical new work. Jonathan Safford as Christian. Maya Mallow as Quigley. Marin Flynn as Admiral King. Shannon McLeod as Ragano, Dale Miller as Professor Lesser, Tyler H. Vigent as Brasserborn, and Caleb McPhee as Cyrano de Bergerac. This show was edited, directed, and produced by me, Tyler H. Vigent. Additional editing and sound and music design by Andy Affleck. Say au revoir, but not goodbye, originally composed by Harry Kennedy. Say au revoir, but not goodbye, flute solo performed by Audrey Dubois. Special thanks to Eric Dubois for setting up our sponsors page. The finale to Cyrano de Bergerac in Space will be airing on Monday, May 31st. Be sure to tune in. Fly on, cadets!